This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad Gunner-Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey. And I am Chad Gunner. Sounds a little weird, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, getting back into that that old name, uh, you gonna you gonna put on those old trunks, or you still got those? You, did you get rid of those? You are gonna have to make no, new ones, brother. No, no, I still got some old Gunner trunks laying around somewhere. I have to dig them out. I have a bunch of old Gunner um, jackets. You know, my lady that uh, Sylvia there, Warren Star Chicago. So I still have uh, some. I'm looking forward to breaking out, man. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I'm gonna get some new ones made too. I got some different ideas. So why not start fresh? Very cool. Hey, yes. speaking of which, uh, go ahead and, and clear things up because I know last week we had discussed your new Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that was a thing with the company or a Twitter thing or a, some there was some kind of confusion. But either way, the, the Twitter handle got flipped backwards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's at CW underscore gunner. I think what we had had was gunner underscore CW So it is the opposite. So it's my CW underscore gunner. And we'll, you know, we'll tag it again at the end of the show and all that stuff. But I don't know what happened there. We got it situated. Um, we got everything swapped over. Um, so there you go. That's going to be the official name for Instagram and Twitter. It's going to be the same thing. No mix ups. Cause I was like, we got to keep, we got to keep this the same. Cause I saw Twitter was different than Instagram. And I was like, Oh, this is going to blow my mind. Cause I'm not going to remember what to tell people. <laughs> anyway, we got it situated. So yeah, you, you, there may be some fakes out there. Um, not tooting my horn or anything, but there's a blue check on my Twitter account and my Instagram account. So you'll know it's me by the verification. Uh, so man, a uh, lot of great feedback from last week's episode. Uh, a lot of new listeners, praise the Lord. Um, praise the Lord. And uh, I really feel like, you know, listening back to it, it was a definitely a Holy Spirit-led episode. And, yeah, you know, it was amazing to me. We sat down and actually had pretty much planned on spending one week on Romans <laughs> 1 going through and, and touching on all this stuff at one time. And we only got verse 16. But, I mean, the Lord led us on a – Holy spirit rabbit trail. So, um, and apparently it was, it was popular. So, you know, he knows what he's doing. So, uh, you know, I, I know for me, when I first uh, was called to preach, there was a time that I, I went into church, like my first message and I, I had everything all uh, laid out beautiful on, on a notebook, you know, on my notebook pad, bullet yeah. points and everything that I wanted to hit. And uh, it was a message about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, I got in there and praise and worship's going. And man, I had spent all weekend just praying and, and really, you know, like shut myself off from pretty much the family, which I don't do that anymore. That was that time was me being terrified <laughs> that I wasn't going to, you know, preach a, a right message. But but I, I had just kind of everybody go away, leave me alone. I got to pray. I got to, I got to figure out what God wants. I got to figure out what God wants. He's, he's taught me now live by faith. I got you. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if I don't give you anything else, you can always tell of what I've done in your life personally. So, but I, I, 
the praise and worship was going and I had this beautiful sermon written out on this notebook pad. And all of a sudden they're in like the last song and the Lord says, revelation three sixteen, And I, I I'm like, I mean, I, just this stunned look on my face. I'm like, uh, I'm not even sure what that says. So yeah. I, <laughs> and I start flipping through my Bible and I go to revelation three sixteen, and my wife looks at me and she said, uh, what are you doing? I said, uh, I'm, I'm looking at this verse. And she said, well, I, I thought you already had everything wrote down. And I said, uh, yeah, apparently that's not what the Lord wants. He just spoke something else to me. And Brother, I read Revelation 3.16, and it's the one about if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me absolutely nothing, the verse. But he said, this is what I want. And he did not fill my mouth with that message until I walked behind that pulpit. Man, I, I read the verse, and then everything else was Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't even – I couldn't even remember by the end of the message what I had said. Mm-hmm. But it was just, uh, he, he did that several times and pretty much taught me, Hey, walk by faith. I got you. It is. It's true, man. You know, that's why it's, it's very important. We talked about this before, man, the storing the word in your heart, knowing God's word, but also uh, it may've been, might've been Leonard Ravenhill or someone. I was just recently reading a book or a quote, and it was talking about the, these, um, going, going up in the pulpit, preaching a message without the unction of the Holy spirit. It's mm-hmm. like, you're just giving a motivational speech and it, it's dead. There's no life in it. And that's something in my prayer life that um, I've been praying for lately. Lord, when I start to branch out and speak a little bit more or whether it's putting my little two minute devotionals out in the morning, don't let it be just me picking a Bible verse and going, Oh, cool. I'm going to read that one. Cause that's a cool one for today. But Holy Spirit, lead me, you know, give you that unction. And it's funny you you, you just mentioned that that Revelation 316, because the past few days I've had buddies sending me things, preachers talking about being, you know, uh lukewarm Christians, how it's getting us nowhere. And and it's gonna kind of lead into our uh, you know, what we're gonna talk about tonight in Romans. So I've been praying, Lord, I don't want to be lukewarm. Yeah. Lukewarm gets you nowhere. It's a waste. Um, I want to be, you know all in, man. I want to be submerged in that Holy spirit, you know, from head to toe, not just dipping my toe in and going, ah, this feels good. But you know, maybe later I'll put an ankle in or put a knee, you know, no, man, we got to be deep. We have to be submerged in the Holy spirit and not want to be lukewarm. And that's when these things that you're talking about happens that you hear of, you know, I know I talk about Dr. Brown quite often, but he goes, there's sometimes he's walking up the steps to the pulpit and the Lord's given him a message there. And I'm like, man, that's, that's true inti- intimacy with the Lord. You know what I mean? So what you're talking about is something that like we all should be praying for. And it's, you know, the Lord's not a respecter of persons. Like we all have this ability and I, and it kind of dawned on me this week and I'm trying to get off in the deep end here, but how, you know, we look at these men like Raven Hill or George Whitfield or Spurgeon and we're like, God, these guys won't fire. But dude, we have the same, the same Holy Spirit living in us. We have exactly. the same capability of having that relationship with the Lord, just like those men did. And uh, I think it's a very important lesson to learn. So I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of gave me a little bit of a talking point there, man. So that's, that's very cool. Very cool to hear. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if someone stands behind a pulpit and gives a great speech, um, there, there's so many who are great teachers and 
you know, I believe, you know, Dr. Brown's one of my favorites. You'll listen to one of his messages and it's preachy. You'll listen to one and it's teachy, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's room for both. But the difference in somebody like a Dr. Brown and some of the people in churches today, and I'm not trying to knock them, uh, a lot of these people are standing behind the pulpit and they are teaching on something that they have an intellectual knowledge of. Yeah. Uh, but there's no anointing. Right. There's there's no Holy Spirit anointing flowing from the teaching. And it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to draws the sinner to repentance or, or draws the, you know, everything that happens in a church service when people are transformed. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we there's plenty of people who can read some verses and study into it and put together a good message or a good teaching and Mm -hmm. stand behind the pulpit and teach a good message or give a good speech. But if there's no anointing from the Holy spirit on that message, then it's useless. That's not what the church was ever meant to be. We were meant to uh, go to church to be edified uh, as Ephesians four says to be built up and for the, the, the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's why we're there. We're there to, to be fed. And, and so we have to have that Holy spirit anointing. I know that's not, uh, really what we're talking about today in Romans chapter one, but that's, that's definitely some things that's going on a lot. Um, around the world in churches. And and I'm not speaking uh, bad about a lot of these people. There's a lot of these people who have been to uh, seminary or Bible college, whatever, and they have a great intellectual knowledge, a great head knowledge of this stuff. And I'm not saying that they're not saved. I'm just saying that a lot of these people are not flowing in the anointing of God. They're just giving a lecture. Yep. And you see it. Well, you see it in, in Acts that we've been studying recent, a lot of the Pharisees. They had this head knowledge, but their heart, their relationship with with Christ, uh, it wasn't there. They were easy at throwing rules at you and, and, and spitting out all these you know verses and stuff like that in the scripture. But when it comes to looking at like a man like Peter and Paul, who was and the other disciples who were on fire and lit up with the Holy spirit and had this Holy spirit living in them. They had that, that relationship, man, that we're talking about. And, and I've been, um, unfortunately I've been to churches before where it was just like really dry Mm -hmm. and you can tell, uh, the Holy spirit hadn't been in that place in a long time, you know? Uh, and, and that's the thing where you can, it talks about in the Bible. I'm not sure the exact verse, but quenching the Holy spirit and putting that fire out to where God's spirit kind of just leaves. Yeah. There's no real, there's no real fervent prayer. There's no um, real relationship. Their hearts aren't there. Oh man, it's 1145 time to go. You know, service is over. They just get up, start leaving. And um, you, you notice that man. And that's just not where I want to be. I've been there. So I'm sitting here telling who all is listening. I'm not pointing fingers. Um, if I am, I'm pointing them back at myself because I've been in the church service before where I was like, man, it's, I've been here for 45 minutes. I got to go, you know? Yeah. But, um, so listen, it, it's, it's something I think we all deal with and it's a barrier we have to break because the, the enemy will use that, um, 
he'll use those mind tricks to, to kind of break that relationship and, and keep us dry. Keep us yeah. dry, man. That's not, you know, we don't want that. We don't want that lukewarm relationship with the Lord. Not at all. So we're going to begin here at uh, verse 18. Do you, do you want me to read all the way through the end of the chapter? And then we come back and discuss, um, or, or do you have something kind of verse by verse laid out? I know you said that you had a lot of notes on this, so I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I got a few notes here. I mean, I can read, uh, you know, I got some notes written down for verses 18 through 20, um, kind of broken down in a couple of verses here and there. We can, I can do it that way if you want to, man. I'll, I'll kick it off here, and, and then we can just kind of chip away at it. Yeah, go ahead. And, uh, yeah, so, all right, we'll start Romans 1, verse 18, and it's talking about the wrath of God. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. And verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Um, what I pretty much wrote down, man, was, you know, human history began with man knowing God. And we touched about this a few, uh, what, three, four weeks ago, where we were talking about the, the age thing in the Bible. And we can go back to Genesis with Adam and Eve and, and how humans rejected God and ultimately brought this sin into the world. And uh, what really stood out to me was, was verse 20 of, you know, we are without excuse. We see in today's time, um, all the evil that's going on, all the, um, Man, just rejection of the Lord. People were saying, well, if there's a God and so he's all loving, then why is this happening? Why is, you know, murder happening and all these other things? And ultimately, we are without excuse. I mean, we as man, even you're, you're a, a born again believer, uh, we've rejected God. You know, mm -hmm. we've been in that situation, I think, where we have rejected God. And it goes all the way back to that, that sinful uh, thing that happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. And it just started birthing from there, man. But really what's always stood out to me about this is just how we are without excuse. We can go to Psalm 19, one, and it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And I remember, you know, I was saved at 17 and kind of um, in my twenties started to reject God. There was moments where I was going through a, a phase where I was like, okay, is God real? Like, you know, I was, I was obviously living in sin. So I was rejecting God that way, but I was rejecting God verbally and in my heart as well. It's where my heart started to harden a lot. Um, I didn't believe the Bible. I didn't believe any of it was true. Um, around 2010, 2011, I, I went through a really rough time in my life, super depressed, um, started to clean myself off of pills. And, you know, you know, I've talked about this, but it was a moment where I really remember I was sitting on my mother's porch. I had um, ended up living with my mom because I was broken. I was broke. And all these other things just happened. And luckily, she took me in. And I was sitting on her porch, man. It was probably, I don't know, 6.30 p.m. The sun's starting to set. And I'm just sitting there with my Bible. And I'm just like, Lord, show yourself to me. And I remember it was like as plain as day. He, he just told me, I'm all around you. You know, my evidence is all around you. you. You don't have an excuse to not believe in me, to know who I am, to seek me. And I just realized that everything that we encounter, you know, Casey, like you, you go hunting, man. Like you got a moment, a lot of the moments where there's a lot of quiet time, you know, I'm yeah. sure there's just so much evidence in the Lord. You know, we don't, we're not always going to hear that audible voice from God. We're not always going to, you know, 
have somebody come and speak a prophetic word in our lives, but we can wake up and I can go sit on my patio and just, just take in nature. And I know it sounds corny to some people, but to me it doesn't because that's just evidence that the Lord's all around us. You know, he breathed the life. It talks about in Genesis, how he breathed into existence, man, you know, nature, the earth, everything that we see, man, is just, um, is just the evidence of, of his goodness and his love. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add there. No, that's, that's so true. And that, that reminds me, you know, over the Thanksgiving weekend, um, we were out at our hunting lease and man, I, I did, I spent a lot of hours just sitting there and yeah. watching the way the trees blow and, and watching, looking at the, the outline of the mountains. And I mean, just, you look at that and, and so much of my time hunting is sitting in the tree stand saying, thank you, Lord, for this beautiful creation that you have made and, and allowed me to live and, and steward this. I mean, this sure. is just it, it's so amazing. Um, this in verse 20 um, has always stuck out to me too. And it's so many people live lives that you can tell those people who reject God, they reject the gospel. They don't want anything to do with Christians. They don't want anything to do with anyone uh, who is close to God and they don't want anything to do with church. Um, and most of them, because they have it in their mind that if I don't know this stuff, then I won't be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And this right here tells us that that is absolutely not the truth. Uh, God is seen all around us. Um, you know, y- you think about the native Americans and these different, different tribes, different people, um, think of tribes in Africa, things of this nature. They all worship some sort of God. Now, whether they have come to the understanding of Jesus or not, you know, that's a different story, but most everybody can look around and say, I know there's something out there. And so when a person is truly seeking God, uh, when, when they look at nature, when they look at the, the world around them and they say, I know there had to be someone who did this. When they truly start seeking with their whole heart, they're going to be led to Jesus. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote this, I put, you know, ultimately we all know the truth. We have an option. We can, we can understand who Jesus is. We can believe that the Bible is the the infallible word of God, or like they're talking about here, uh, like Paul's talking about here in Romans, how they, we, we, as man, we reject the truth, but ultimately we know the truth and, but man doesn't allow we don't allow it to work in our lives. We either reject it, like I said, or we accept it. And Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And the fact is, is what we see here in Romans, and man, you can read, like what blows me away is, you know, we can read this, these verses here in Romans and we're like, dude, does Paul write this yesterday? Because all this is going on now, but it's nothing new under the sun. You know what I mean? The Lord knew that he was going to be rejected. He knew that he was going to be crucified. God knew that he was sending his son to die for our sins. And that's the thing is Jesus is the the truth, the life, the way. Um, But you still see him being rejected because people are living these worldly pleasures. And and I go back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 18, 19, where it talks about the lust of the flesh, 
you know, lust of the eyes, the pride of life is what drags a man down. And I've said this in a sermon one time, how Satan doesn't come up with anything new. He's using the same old darts dipped in some different poisons to entice us and draw us away. And I've used yeah. that verse in first John in my, my testimony sermon many times, because that was me. I was allowing this, this lust, this pride, all this other stuff uh, to pull me away from the truth and that gospel truth that is Jesus Christ and, you know, pull me away from that relationship, man. So it's just, it's so relevant to be able to read these verses. Um, and, and like I said, it's like, is it Paul is sitting right beside us right now and pinning this, telling us what's going on in the world, because it's true. They're rejecting God. They're, they're, you know, we can get in all kinds of topics here, whether it's murder, whether it's um, lust for the same sex or whether it's abortion or whatever it may be. Um, we see all this stuff that is pulling people away from the truth of, of Jesus. And, and maybe we should have done done it from the beginning, but to kind of set the tone to let everybody understand who uh, have not studied into this chapter from verse 18 until the end of the chapter, uh, Paul begins writing about the downward spiral of a society who rejects God. And when you understand that and you read through this and you see that it's it's not just something that happens all at once. It, it starts with rejecting God. So these people here you read in 18 through 20 and then in 21 here uh, we'll we'll talk about in just a second. But these people are they are rejecting God, even though they know God, they know there's got to be a God. But because of their pride, because of their own sinful desires, they do not want to acknowledge him as God. They do not want to surrender their lives to him. And that's what we see happening in our society today is for so long, uh, our society has started rejecting God. And you just see the downward spiral, how sin it always uh, takes you further than you want to go and keeps you longer than you want to stay. And mm-hmm. so what we're about to read here, uh, I want, we've got uh, listeners from all over the world and it works for every part of the world, but I would like for those in our country, in the U S uh, when we're reading through this, I want them to think of this with America in mind. Right. And I want you to think back over the last several years of how this downward spiral in society has, has taken place as you're reading this uh, from the Bible that was written uh, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Here, I'll kick off verse 21. If you want me to yeah. um, says for although they knew God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Verse 25, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I think that's a good spot to, um, to finish right there. What I get man out of that. And we can all, we can both add some stuff. Man has made his own God. 
You know, he's he's taking the one true God that we speak of right here. He started worshiping the creature uh, more than the creator. They started coming up with their own uh, their own gods, whether it's idolatry, lust, evil, shame, lies. For some people, dude, it's social media. You go on some social media pages and it's 50 selfies of themselves. You know, there, there's there's something there. So what's happening is we see that the one true God's being rejected because we're coming up and, and making our own gods, whether it's pride, money, whatever it may be. Um, man gave up worshiping God to indulge in sin. John 10, 10, you know, the thief came to steal, kill and destroy anything he can do to pull us away from our relationship with the Lord, get us to start worshiping um, how much money's in my bank account or how many likes I have on this and that, or whatever it may be to take us away from the one true God uh, and start worshiping ourselves practically. Yeah. And so verse 26, all of this stuff is happening. They are, they're refusing, they're rejecting God. They're, they're choosing not to acknowledge him as God. They're wanting to make up their own version of God, a God who they, they don't have to change. Their lifestyle don't have to change. They can still live however they want to. And, and here's the thing that people don't understand about God. And, and when you truly accept Jesus, he's not telling you, you've got to change in order for me to accept you. The gospel is if you will truly surrender to Jesus, yeah, he will clean up whatever needs to be cleaned up. Sure. He will change the Holy Spirit working in you. He will change the things that need to be changed. And it's not about you cleaning yourself up and having to go through all this religious activity to be accepted by God or to be a good enough Christian. It's about when you truly surrender to him, he will clean you up. He will make you what he has called you to be. And it's his, the Holy Spirit is the power source, not yourself. If ourselves are our power source, then we're going to get burned out quick uh, because we cannot do this. God never called us to do this. God never asked us to clean ourselves up. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in us. His job primarily is to conform us into the image of Christ. And I believe you shared this on uh, social media the other day. The Holy Spirit does more than just make you dance and speak in tongues. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he also came to clean up your life or, or something along those lines. I can't remember the exact quote, but yeah. it's so true. So many people, they'll go to a church service and they'll, they'll dance and shout and raise their hands and everything, but their lives are not different. And most of them, it's because they are not, uh, they're not relying on the power of the Holy spirit because when we, yeah. when we rest, Jesus said, come to me and I'll give you what rest. When we rest in his finished work, the Holy spirit comes in. The Holy spirit changes our desires. I didn't have to lay down the alcohol. I didn't have to lay down the pornography. I didn't have to lay down the adultery and all the other garbage that I had. I just surrendered. And my desires changed. Right. So too many people, they try to make up their own version of God because they think I don't want that God because he makes me, he, he wants me to do this and do this and do this. And they look at it 
like this big religious routine when if they would just realize, no, all you have to do is say, Lord, here I am. I surrender. Right. And he will completely change, transform your heart and life. Yeah, man. He makes you new, a new creation. You're being born again. And he, and I just, for some reason, I, I go back to John three and where Jesus is speaking to Nic- Nicodemus about, you know, a man must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't really understand what he meant, but you know, what Jesus was saying is we, we worship the father in spirit and truth to be born again. Um, like you said, I think of, you know, that uh, Romans 12 too. don't conform to the ways of the world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like we're being made new into this creation and it does it. Like, I think the biggest problem that people have, including me back in my twenties was like, man, if I'm, I'm going to have this relationship with Jesus, I'm like, does this mean I can't party anymore? I can't look at porn anymore. You know what I mean? But the fact is, is when we dive headfirst in and we're, once again, we'll go back to the beginning of podcast. We don't live our lives in our relationship with the Lord lukewarm. Yes. That stuff doesn't matter, dude. It's, it's falling off. You know, it's falling off. Um, it's like the, the scales falling off of our eyes. You know what I mean? It's, it's the veil being re- removed. Um, we're being made new. We're being reborn. We want to have a changed heart. That's when you know that you truly have a new relationship with the Lord is when you want to have a changed heart. And, you know, Satan wants us to trade our relationship with God and our worship for evil, for lust, for greed, for, um, you know, all the, he wants us to be indulged in the, the, the news every single day, or, you know, who's the president or you voted for this person or whatever it is, man. He, he, he wants us at each other's, he wants believers at, at each other's throats over this, these things that shouldn't matter. Anyway, we, we put these people, on a pedestal, you know, they've, I've looked at the, the transformation of the United States over the past, you know, couple of years, man. And it's like, people have started to worship these men and women who are in office or, yeah. these, you know, and they've forgotten that the, that Jesus is our one true God. That's who we worship. Like he's not, these people aren't our savior. You know, the Lord Christ is still our savior and always will be. You know, we, we can't forget that. We can't allow Satan to start dragging us down. So that's my two cents on it. Well, while, while we're on that subject, just so, uh, you know, if we've got any anybody out there listening who knows us and knows our beliefs on that side, what you're speaking about, about people worshiping the people in office, we're, yeah. we're talking about Republican, Democrat, Independent, everybody. I love it. Not just saying, <laughs> oh, they're worshiping the Democrats or they're worshiping the Republicans. We're saying that uh, we're putting, we have been guilty of putting all of these people on a pedestal and Mm -hmm. all of us. Yeah. That one, uh, you know, Dr. Brown had had the book a couple of years ago. Donald Trump is not my savior. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, so none of us should be putting these people on a pedestal. Jesus is ultimately our savior. He is ultimately the only one who can get things done. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, real quick before we close it off, um, I told you I wanted to speak on first Peter four. And I just started thinking about this because we're speaking about the unrighteousness of man and how we're indulging in this sinful life and really how we're starting to worship our own gods. And so first Peter four, one and verse two. So it says, since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And in verse two, it really, really great, man. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer, for human passions, but for the will of God. 
you know, we're talking here in the first book of Romans of all these lustful things, this, this, you know, worldly things. And ultimately we have to remember, we have to continue to live for the will of God. What is the will of God in my life? I continue to pray in that, but I know what Jesus said in Matthew 28, and that's go make disciples. So the will of God is to continue to share the gospel. Like I feel like you and you and I are doing on this podcast, sharing it with love, with compassion. And that to me is the will of God. You know, he, he's got a will for each and every one of us. You know, his will for you, Casey, is different than his will for me. But ultimately, everybody is meant to share the gospel, is meant to, you know, share Jesus to this this unrighteous world. And I mean, dude, Casey and I, I'll tell you right now, we wake up every morning and sometimes we'll text each other. Well, man, I need prayer. I'm really having a bad morning. So we're not, we're not holier than thou. Trust me. But <laughs> ultimately, I, you know, we, we still mess up, man. We're still faulty, sinful men. Um, but ultimately, you know, just living for the will of God, sharing the gospel to this, this dying world. We still did not, uh, still did not get through the whole thing. So maybe we'll, we'll pray about it and have to, come back for a part three next week. Um, yes. I, I don't want to rush any of this stuff because it's very important. No, no. So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe part three on that next week. Um, but you got anything else before we close? No, I'd like to close with a quote, something a little different from uh, DL Moody. And it's, and it is um, the world is yet to see what God would do with a man fully consecrated to him. And I was reading that quote this morning and I've heard it many times and it just made me start to think and, and everybody listening, think about this. What can God do with you? If we fully dive into our relationship with him, we spoke about being lukewarm there at the beginning. If we consecrate ourselves to prayer, fervent prayer, not just, you know, uh, now I'll lay me down to sleep. Thank you, Lord, for today. Good night but yep. fully consecrated in prayer. And this is something I'm working on. So I'm preaching to the choir, but the world's yet to see. And there's been mighty men and mighty women of God that, that the Lord has used in so many mighty ways from revivals, to great awakenings. And I believe, man, I believe with all my heart that we're in the midst of some sort of great awakening about to happen. Some outburst and outpouring of the Holy spirit. What, what happens if we fully consecrate ourselves in the Lord and in the word and just persistently pursuing God and our posture is, is, is just doing whatever God, you know, calls us to do. So I leave that with you guys tonight, man. I I've always said, I don't, I've never once, I, I cannot read the Bible and believe that any of the gifts of the spirit or the power of the Holy spirit that worked through uh, the early church Nowhere in the Bible, even though some denominations and some people claim it, nowhere in the Bible does it say that those things ceased. Um, I think the biggest difference is just the relationship. We've got so many distractions. We've got we've got so many things that are uh, quote more important to us than our relationship with God. And I, I do truly believe that if if we could really get to that place, uh, all believers get to that place where we're truly seeking God constantly. Uh, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Um, if we could really get to that place, I believe that we will see uh, that great awakening. Uh, I believe we'll see the miracle signs and wonders and, and radical uh, salvations that they did in the book of acts amen brother likewise i believe it all right so once again social media i am at real casey cage 
Mm-hmm. And I am at CWLL underscore Gunner for both and, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and the Wrestling for the Faith Facebook page, be sure to like and follow it. And you ever have any questions, thoughts, or comments, be sure to email us wrestling for the faith at gmail.com. And uh, I believe that'll do it. Mm-hmm. You guys have a great weekend. All right. We love everybody. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith. 